sun-filled days, amazing food, incredible wine, and heart-stopping views, Lisbon has become a destination of choice for lots of good reasons. Join us, Tori, and Paul, two proud Portuguese Americans, as we explore our favorite city and transport you to Lisbon with love. Bom dia, Paul. Bom dia, Tori. And bom dia to our listeners. Welcome back to To Lisbon with Love, a travel podcast about the beautiful city of Lisbon. So our last episode, we actually worked up quite an appetite. We did. We talked about food, which is one of our favorite things to experience in Lisbon. Yep. And we talked about what you would find on a Portuguese menu. Which is a lot of good food. <laughs> a lot of good food, definitely. Um, we talked about like the types of places you could eat at. And we actually also did a little vocab lesson and provided some phrases to help you get by. But we love talking about food because once you step foot in Lisbon, the whole city just smells so good. There's so much good food happening. There is. And it turns out that there is a very famous Portuguese song that covers this very subject. Oh. Let's listen. Let's listen. So that song we just heard, you might notice that the uh, the chorus was Shade Bay, Shade Alijboa. So what does that mean? So literally translated, that means smells good, smells like Lisbon. <laughs> Which I mean, it is. It sounds kind of funny, right? I mean, when I I remember when I first learned what that song means, uh, you know, my sister and I would laugh because, you know, we grew up kind of in the nadir of the American city where a city wouldn't smell good, you know, if you said smells good, smells like Lisbon and almost, you know, sounds like you're being ironic, like, you know, how can a city smell good? But it turns out that Lisbon smells really good. It smells so good. And, and, and those those good smells come from all of the great food all over Lisbon. Definitely. You know, I love this song because when we go there in June, We've mentioned this before, but there's like a big feast happening in the city, the feast, the feast of St. Anthony. Santo Antonio. Santo Antonio. And what's really fun is, you know, basically each neighborhood kind of has like their own block party. And if you're walking around, you'll hear the song often. And it's just like a nice way to feel connected to the city. It's this, you know, again, this like sort of shared cultural piece of music that everyone, you know, connects to because one of the city smells so good and it's about its food, but also it's part of like the party festivities of the song. Yep. And you will definitely hear the song and you will definitely smell the smells of sardines grilling everywhere and it's there's nothing like it. Shade Ben. Shade Alishboa and welcome to our second episode about food. <laughs> So our last episode, we talked about 
the types of food that you would find on a typical Portuguese menu. But you know what? We actually left out something super important. We did. We left out dessert. How could we have left out dessert? I think we didn't have time. We didn't have time. But in Portugal, you'll always have time for dessert. <laughs> it is very true. It would be a very sad state of affairs if you don't end a meal in Portugal with dessert. That's true. So in this episode, we'll talk about dessert in Portugal, and then we'll also discuss some of our uh, favorite places to eat in Lisbon. Yeah, and we're really excited because we have an interview with João Gomes, the owner of Imperial do Campo Doric, which is a really beloved Tashka in Lisbon. So I think we should get started. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, so uh, Tori and I usually don't tend to get dessert when we're uh, out to eat in America. But in Lisbon, we find that it's an integral part of the meal. It is. It's really interesting because you're right. I don't ever look forward to dessert, but I do in Lisbon. Yeah, I, I think it's really considered part of the experience in Lisbon. I would say that uh, it's it's more or less expected that that you would order dessert. It's certainly not, not required, but I, I think that people sort of... Uh, Maybe you're taken aback a little bit if if you uh, if you don't order dessert. Yeah, I always feel like there's like a slight raised eyebrow <laughs> if we, you know, are on the go and we need to you know need to leave um, and we don't take it. So yeah, definitely. So on a menu, you can find lots of wonderful things, but the things that we actually tend to go to is fruit. It's really strange, but the fresh fruit there is just so amazing. Yeah. Any menu in, in Lisbon will almost certainly have several different options for, for fruit, for dessert. And it's, a, it's very simple and yet a really good way to end the meal. And you don't really see that in the U.S. Like, you don't see fresh fruit as a dessert option. Right. You might see fruit that has a lot of different preparations or, you know, more, more complicated. But uh, it's very rare that you would see just fruit. And, yeah. uh it's, it's really great that in Portugal they, they do that. And we have a favorite go-to, don't we? Yeah, I would say that more often than not, when we have dessert, we'll uh, go with the pineapple. Pineapple, so good, so fresh. It is. It's really fresh there. And what's interesting is that you might see pineapple listed on a menu two different ways. One of them is uh, the word for pineapple in Portuguese is ananas. And a lot of times you'll see that on a menu, but sometimes instead you'll see a word that's abacaixi, which is also pineapple. And I really don't fully understand the difference <laughs> between ananas and abacaixi because they taste exactly the same. It's true. I think just trying it's, to confuse us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's just like two species of the same thing, but for all intents and purposes, as far as I know, they're, they're exactly the same. I think that Ibakaishi is from Brazil, right? Is that true? I believe I believe that might be true. Whereas if you're eating ananas in Lisbon, it's most likely uh, come from São Miguel in the Azores. The best island ever. That's where my family is from. And it's also the only island that has its own pineapple plantations. It's true because it's the best island ever. <laughs> That's one of the many reasons. <laughs> It's really fun because if you go there, like right in the city, you can actually go to a pineapple plantation. Yeah, and it's really interesting. As far as I know, it's the only place anywhere that grows pineapples in greenhouses. And in fact, they even 
sometimes will start smoldering smoky fires in the greenhouses, and apparently that helps all of the pineapples to grow at the same rate. So good. And it's especially good if you maybe get it with like a little bit of port poured onto it, which is a recommendation that we certainly have. Yes, it's a uh, pineapple and port is a very good combination. <laughs> so other fruit that you'll probably see on the menu are cherries, which the word for that is? Cerasius. Pears. Pera. Oranges. Laranja. Strawberries. Murangus. And really, honestly, whenever, whatever's in season. Yes. In the, in the summer, you might see melon, but maybe in the winter, you wouldn't see melon. And there's also lots of, you know, other sweet treats on a menu if, if fruit isn't really your jam. Some things that you'll find are actually two of our childhood favorites. Yes. So you'll often see something called late creme, which is basically the Portuguese version of creme brulee although they tend not to caramelize the top. If anything, they might sprinkle some cinnamon on top, but that is, uh, it's absolutely delicious. My, my grandmother always had the best recipe for late creme, and now she's passed that on to uh, me and my sister, who are now in charge of making the late creme for Christmas Eve, and I will say that uh, you will not find a better late creme anywhere. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah. Pun intended. Ah, I get it. <laughs> wow. Nice. What's your favorite dessert? So my favorite dessert is arroz douce. And this is it's like a Portuguese sweet rice pudding. And I would say that this is definitely a favorite just because of nostalgia and kind of like a family you know, connection. My mother would always make this for any kind of special occasion. And the way that she made it was very different than what you'll normally find on, you know, a Portuguese menu. Like she didn't make it with like eggs or, you know, find it in other places to be more like thicker and creamier. Um, she had a very simple recipe, but every time I see it on the menu, I think of her and it's really something that I want just to be connected to her. It's something that I make for all of our special family occasions just because, you know, I want to think that she's there with us in spirit. So rouge douce for the wind. But you can also find lots of cakes, pastries, and tarts. And I would say that the bakeries in Lisbon are really a way to go check out all these like amazing treats. Yep, plenty of uh, plenty of good baked goods all throughout Lisbon. And one thing that we talked about in I think our last episode is the pastel de nata, which is a custard tart and it is very delicious and this is something that you'll find really throughout portugal uh it's kind of like i don't want to say it's a national dessert because i don't think it is but it's definitely something that is very unique to the cultural and food identity of portugal yeah i would say that if there is a national dessert in portugal that's probably it i mean when you (laughs) when you go to the airport and you're in duty free or what have you that's the dessert that you can buy to take home so i think that's definitely the most famous yeah, and in our last episode, maybe the episode before, we were talking about um, where you can get them in Belang. There's a bakery called Pistage de Belang, and they have a very top-secret recipe that they got from the monks at the nearby monastery back in the day. But you can actually, if you don't make the trip out to Belang, you can find it in some other really wonderful places in, right in Lisbon. 
Yeah, I would say that in the overwhelming majority of cafes or pastelerias, which are pastry shops uh, in Lisbon, you will find Pastege de Nata. And there are some places that some people even claim have Pastege that are as good as the ones in Belém. One example of this is a place called Mantegaria, which is in Chiadu uh, neighborhood. It's right in the Praça do Camões, and uh, I I have had their pastege, and they're very good. Now, I've never done a taste test side-by-side <laughs> side with Belang to decide definitively which I think is better, but they're, uh, they're both really, really good. Maybe we should do a little challenge the next time we're there. That sounds like a good, good yummy idea. <laughs> um, you can also actually fi- find them in Time Out Market. Yes, you can find Montegaria in Time Out Market. Time Out Market is sort of a high-end food court. It's down uh, near the river, near the Cais du Sodre, and it was originally just a large market building in the traditional sense, which is that merchants would go to sell their produce and their fish and their meat and now uh, the the building still houses a market like that in in part of the building, but the 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 main area of the building is actually a high end food court that features stands from different uh, restaurants and famous chefs from throughout Lisbon. Yeah, it's a pretty cool place, and you know we're not um, foodie people. Like we again really love going to the local Tashkas, the neighborhood places, and, you know, eating very low-key comfort food, I guess. Yep. Someone could describe it like that. But I think Time Out Market is a cool way to, like, taste test your way across Portuguese cuisine. You know, you can go to these various stalls and try something here, try something there, and just kind of maybe open up your palate a little bit as to what you like and don't like about Portuguese food. Although there's very little that you wouldn't like about it, I think. (laughs) Me too. Um, so yeah, as, as Tori mentions, uh, we're not going to be able to help you out too much on the, the foodie front, but the timeout market would be a great place to go, and if you find something you like, then that might point you in a direction to, uh, to try out a, uh, a different restaurant. I think we should give folks a few more ideas of other places that we like to eat at in Lisbon. What do you think? That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. So a great way to start your day in Lisbon is, of course, with breakfast. And we have a favorite spot to go to before we start any morning. Yes. Uh, I would say that our go-to uh, breakfast place is a wonderful uh, little cafe on the Avenida de Liberdade. Uh, called Leiteria Baiana. Yeah, it's great. And we had mentioned in our last episode that, you know, kind of like big breakfasts aren't a thing in Lisbon. But at this place, you can find sort of uh, like egg and egg dishes with potatoes and bacon. And you can have actually that kind of breakfast plate that I think many Americans are familiar with. But they also sell these wonderful breakfast sandwiches and we have a favorite don't we 
Yes, we do. Uh, there, as Tori mentions, their breakfast sandwiches are amazing, but I especially enjoy their churisuiovu sandwich, which is basically a Portuguese sausage and egg, and it's very simple and yet amazingly delicious. Yeah, so, so tasty. And I don't think we really talked about this in our last episode, but cafes are a wonderful place to go to for breakfast or lunch, and especially if you're traveling solo. I mean, I I think that if you're traveling solo, you should eat anywhere in Lisbon that you want to, and I think you'll have a good experience. But these places are pretty sweet, just in the sense that they are, they can be like quick eats if you're on the go, but also, you know, you'll find many people dining alone. Yeah, I'd say if you go to a cafe and have really any meal, a lot of cafes will serve lunch entrees or dinner entrees. And if, if you go there and, and really have any meal, it's you'll feel completely comfortable sitting there uh, and dining uh, by yourself. Yes, absolutely. So after your busy morning of walking around and taking in Lisbon's wonderful views, you'll probably want some lunch. And we love going to this particular place for lunch. I believe you're talking about a place called Bon Jardin. I am. How did you know? I just, it was just a lucky guess, I guess. <laughs> but Bon Jardin is a very famous uh, rotisserie chicken uh, restaurant. So good. It is. It's, it's amazing. It's been there forever. It's been there for 60 years at least. And they're probably, I think it's fair to say they're like world famous for their rotisserie chicken. It's just unbelievable. So well brined and, and, and so well cooked. It's amazing. You can, you can get uh, many different types of food there, but I think that the overwhelming majority of people get the chicken because it's so good. Yeah. And would you say like getting half a chicken is because their menu is interesting. It's all a la carte, right? Yeah, it is. And uh, like uh, like a lot of restaurants in Portugal where you see half portions and full portions, uh, a half portion is generally enough for one person. Yes. And then we usually get it with French fries are so good. Yep, they'll uh, and they'll usually suggest that you get it with French fries. And it's a good suggestion because it does go very well. And every table has its own little uh, bottle of Piti Piti, which is hot sauce, which is a must, especially if you like spicy foods. Um, it's uh, it's definitely uh, definitely got a nice kick to it. Yeah, it's so good. I love this place, especially when we go in the summertime because they have outdoor seating. It's just like such a perfect atmosphere. You really are right in the center. Um, of Lisbon, it's actually it's interesting because it's a very high tourist area, and there's a lot of very touristy restaurants. But when you walk by, I would say half, if not more, than the people attending or sitting there are actual Portuguese people, and I think that's a really great way to figure out if that's a place that you want to eat at. It's like who's who's there. If more than half are Portuguese, I think that's a really safe choice. And if you drink wine, we have a favorite wine to go with our this wonderful, perfect meal. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a Vigno Verde on the menu there called Muralias, and it's uh, we really think it's a perfect accompaniment uh, with the uh, the chicken there. I know. I'm just thinking about sunshine and sitting outside and having this wonderful meal and that Vigno Verde. I wish we were there. 
That's pretty much always true, but it's especially <laughs> true now. It's so true. So you, you guys are probably wondering where else you should go to eat, and we have a few more suggestions. We have a place that we love to go to that has a special place in our heart for us, at least for me. Oh, for me too, without a doubt. This is a, uh, a very typical Lisbon Tashka, and as we mentioned in uh, the last episode, a Tashka is just a small neighborhood restaurant. And uh, this particular place we're about to talk about is is a really good, really good restaurant. But there there are so many great little neighborhood Tashkas in Lisbon that you know if if you see one that catches your eye, I would recommend uh, going in. But but this place means a lot to us because it's in the neighborhood where Tori and I would stay when we first started visiting Lisbon and the neighborhood where we still uh, stay to this day. And the restaurant is called Cascais Remu, and it's in a beautiful little neighborhood called Praça da Alegria. Praça da Alegria. <laughs> the little park of joy. Yes, literally translated means plaza of joy. And for us, it, it has always been that. And uh, Cascais Remu is just a, a great little restaurant, and they do... I, I would say they do all kinds of food really well. Their fish, their meat, everything is really good there. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because I think for me, one of the experiences that kind of solidifies that we are in Lisbon and it feels like, yes, we are here, is actually going to Kishkais Remo for the first time on each trip. The wait staff there is so lovely and we've been going there for so many years that they recognize us and they welcome us. It feels you know, a little bit of home there. And the food, again, is amazing. It's also in an area where there's lots of tourists and hostels and hotels. But again, so many locals eat there. So you know that it's a it's a good place to go to. Yep, I, I definitely agree. So uh, what's your favorite thing to eat there? I love the Bacalhau Abrage. Hopefully I said that correctly. <laughs> it's amazing. And, you know, it's this shredded codfish dish with crispy potatoes and eggs within it is pretty hearty so i think you know a half size size portion for lunch or even dinner is perfectly fine but it's so tasty and they just do it so well yeah that is definitely one of their specialties and i i love that there as well and if you happen to have any leftover it's a really good uh, breakfast if you have a way to uh to heat that up if you're if you're renting an apartment and uh, you can heat that up in the morning, it's a great morning after breakfast. Do you have a favorite meal there? I really like their uh, bacalhau, a lanjana, uh, which it's it's a uh, a preparation that you don't see often on uh, on menus in Portugal. Uh, although it's very similar to a lot of uh, bacalhau uh, presentations, where it's basically a a grilled piece of codfish with peppers and some cooked potatoes and uh yeah it's it's really really yummy some olive oil really good i'm getting really hungry yeah me too <laughs> so you know i love kashkaish ramo because it's this tiny little tashka but we also have another place that we'd love to go to that is like kind of the exact opposite of a tashka yeah i would say that uh, a place called ukashu duradu which is pretty close to the statue of Marques de Pombal, which is at the top of the Avenida de Liberdade. Cacho Durado is, is more like a marisqueda, and it's a larger place, 
very open, very bright, some larger tables, and um, but the, the food there is equally amazing. And I, th- I think it's an interesting experience and a good juxtaposition to your typical neighborhood Tashka. You'll notice that the the service, for example, is somewhat different. Yeah, you know, I think if it's your first experience there, you might find it to be a little brusque. But I think that their service is like so amazing and really kind of like a gold standard. They are quick. They are no nonsense, but they're very attentive and yeah, I just love eating there. Yeah, me too. And like I said, the food there is really good. And I recommend starting with whatever soup of the day they have because one of my favorite aspects of the presentation there is that when you order soup, they'll bring it out in a tureen and and ladle it into your, your dish at the table, which I think is a really nice touch. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, um, it definitely sets the atmosphere, I think. Yep. They also sell a lot of shellfish. And just one thing to note is that when you're purchasing shellfish in Lisbon, you know, you just want to kind of keep an eye out on the prices because they can be pricier than a regular meal that you would normally find in Lisbon. Yeah, that's definitely true, you know. And and we don't want to make it sound like this place or any marisqueira in general is super expensive in general, but there definitely are items on the menu that can be very expensive and a a lot of these places will will uh will quote prices by the kilogram which is a lot of you know it's a a kilogram is uh over two pounds so chances are you won't be getting that for one person but still you will definitely see prices that can reach up to like a hundred euro per kilogram so you do want to be careful of that yes so I love this place because we have a very fond memory or fond experience there. Do you want to tell our audience what happened? Yeah, it was a very, very surreal experience. So <laughs> I had been wearing this brand new shirt, like a polo shirt that I had worn maybe once in my life. And we happened to be uh, to be sitting near the, the counter where several of the people who uh, work there uh, would be. And I happened to drop some food uh, near the lapel of my shirt. And it kind of left what looked like a, a bit of a grease stain on it. We were so sad. I, I, yeah, I was really sad because I, I really liked that shirt. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to be able to wear this shirt at least the rest of this trip, if ever. So, but immediately, one of the people who worked there saw it and just sprung into action. And, it was amazing. Yeah, it was like he just went and he grabbed this little bottle and he came over and he like kind of showed me the little bottle and he like he like grabbed my shirt and he started like spraying this stuff onto my shirt and it kind of immediately turned into like this powder and i don't remember all the details it was a long drawn out process where it was like spray the stuff let it sit kind of brush it off and you know he just he was just on it like the whole time he like swooped down before we knew it, it was it was very james bond esque yeah it was like yeah you know, lo and behold, after this whole like several minute process and he like brushed off the, the powder that had, you know, come from the, the spray bottle, the stain was completely 100% gone. It's like nothing you've ever seen before like, in your life. Like I've never, <laughs> like I had no, I thought there's no way they're going to get this grease out. 
They did. It, it was unbelievable. I my only regret is is that I never asked him what it was because I would love to have a bottle of that. Oh my God, it was incredible. So we can't guarantee that if you spill something <laughs> on your shirt, this will happen to you, but hopefully it will. And regardless, uh, we really like that place. Yeah, it's so good. If you're looking for a special spot to go to at night for dinner, there's a place that we love to go to called Ferol de Santa Lucia, which translates to the lighthouse, right? Is Ferol lighthouse? Yes, Ferol is, is lighthouse. And it's called, called Ferol de Santa Lucia because it's right near the uh, Santa Lucia Miradoru in Alfama, which you will pass if you take the tram 28 through Alfama and perhaps will pass even if you don't because it's definitely one of the nicer uh, places in Alfama. Yeah, and this place is very, very sweet. It's small, but just beautifully decorated. It's a nice place to go to if you're looking for, you know, a special date night or looking to celebrate or just looking for a really upscale meal. Yeah, so uh, Farol de Santa Lucia is the type of place where you're going to get very uh, typical uh, Portuguese cuisine, but maybe served in a bit more refined way than you would have in a typical uh, neighborhood Tashka and, and a little bit a uh, little bit more more upscale atmosphere. Last but certainly not least. Uh, one of our favorite places to eat in all of Lisbon is this wonderful neighborhood Tashka that's called Imperial de Campo de Orique, but is more commonly known as Tasca du João. And we're really excited because we actually got to interview João Gomes, the owner of Tasca du João. I did the interview in Portuguese and we've translated it. So you'll hear Juan's booming voice and his passion for his work and his pride in his restaurant, which he refers to as Casa, which translates as home. And I think that's really a perfect way to describe Juan's place. It really does feel like a home, and you'll definitely hear that in his voice and in all of the pride that he has for his restaurant. So we recorded a little intro to the interview outside the restaurant, and then we'll go right into the interview with João Gomes. Tori and I are standing here this morning in the Campo de Orique neighborhood of Lisbon. It's a very lovely uh, residential neighborhood, lots of, uh, lots of nice pastels and uh, very, very clean, very, um, very well-kept neighborhood. And uh, this neighborhood has undergone some changes um, in recent years. We we're getting maybe a little bit more um, expats or foreign people who are retiring here because it's such a nice neighborhood. And the bad news when things like that happen is that sometimes some of the some of the local tashkas, the local small restaurants that we so enjoy uh, eating in, sometimes those go by the wayside and are replaced by more. Uh, more upscale, less typically Portuguese establishments. But the beauty 
of where we are now is we are outside of one of the best and one of the few really remaining traditional Tashkas in this neighborhood. It's called Imperial de Campo d'Aurique. Now, the funny thing about that is that if you ask people who have lived in this neighborhood their whole lives how to get to Imperial de Campo d'Aurique, they might not be able to tell you because no one calls it Imperial de Campo d'Aurique. Everyone calls it a Tasca du Juan. And we're really excited because today we are actually going to interview Juan himself. So if you have the chance to come here, please do. Dining here is an experience from beginning to end. And really because of Juan himself, he is what can only be described as a force of nature. He is an incredibly lovely man who takes pride in everything that he does. He is a joy to behold. You enter in, his memory is incredible. We've been here a couple of times over the years and he remembers us instantly. He knows where you're from, where your family's from. He gets to know you. He takes such pride in all of the people that comes here um, internationally. So I'm excited. I'm a little bit nervous because I don't know what's going to happen because he is such a force of nature. I'm going to conduct this interview in Portuguese, which also makes me slightly nervous, but we'll see how it goes and I think you'll enjoy it. All right, let's go inside. All right, here we go. Bom dia. Bom dia. O que é no completo desse senhor? What is your full name? Eu João, João Gomes. João Gomes. Where are you from? De onde é que sou natural? Uhum. Sou natural de Ponte da Barca, do Alto Minho. Where was I born? I was born in Ponte da Barca, in Upper Minho. It's a beautiful place, isn't it? É muito bonito, é um lugar muito bonito em Portugal. Todo o país é bonito, mas o Minho é como os Açores, é muito bonito. Yes, it's a very beautiful place in Portugal. All of Portugal is beautiful, but Minho, like the Azores, is very beautiful. I love the Azores. Me too. I love the Azores. I adore São Miguel. When did you come to Lisbon? I came to Lisbon in 1965. And when did you open up this restaurant? This restaurant first opened in 1947. And then I took it over in 1985. I opened up this restaurant because I had been in Campo Dorique for many years. I had also worked in another restaurant for 21 years. I then decided that I wanted to work here after I got married. Have you always been a chef? Me? A chef? I know how to cook, but the one who cooks best is Adelaide, my wife. 
She is the chef of this house. So, so this is a family-run place. Yeah. The family is all familiar. So I, João Gomes, Adelaide, Nuno, and Mila, que é minha nora. Ah, sim. E o Nuno é o meu filho. It's all family. It's me, João Gomes, Adelaide, Nuno, and Mila, my daughter-in-law. Nunu is my son. Nunu is your father. Ah, bem. Yes, yes, yes. Are the recipes your wife's? Esposa? Sim. A receita é tudo da Adelaide. Ah, sim. Da cozinheira, da minha mulher. Yes, the recipes are all Adelaide's. She is the chef. The food here is very good. A comida, todos os clientes vêm aqui. Portugueses, estrangeiros, adoram a comida feita para Adelaide. All the guests who come here, Portuguese, foreigners, they all love Adelaide's food. What is the favorite dish? The favorite dish is bacalhau minho style, the style of the area that we are from. Depois temos várias variedades, cozida portuguesa, uh, cabrito assado lá da minha terra, lá do, do norte, da Serra Amarela, de Ponte da Barca. E mais coisas, temos dobrada, temos uh, dobrada com feijão branco, temos muitas coisas, peixe de toda a qualidade. Then we have lots of varieties of Portuguese food. Roasted goat from my area, from the north. We have tripe, tripe with white beans. We have lots of things. We have fish of all types from our coast, the Portuguese coast. And what makes your place so spectacular? É espetacular porque é o bem servir, qualidade. Muita qualidade. Primeiro é higiene, depois qualidade em tudo, azeite, vinhos, toda a qualidade. It's spectacular because of the great service and the high quality. We commit to high quality in everything. Cleanliness, high quality ingredients, olive oil, wines. E depois é a nossa simpatia que fazemos tudo Com amor e com carinho para todos os clientes que vêm a esta casa. And then it is who we are. We make everything with love and care for our guests who come to this house. We have tried your wine and it is very, very good. And we also love being here. The care that you and your family show is wonderful. Muito obrigada. E também aproveito para dizer que todo cliente que vem aqui à nossa casa é atendido como seja nosso familiar. É a mesma coisa. Andamos com o cliente do melhor possível. Gostamos muito de atender. Temos orgulho naquilo que fazemos. Thank you very much. I want to say that all the guests who come here are treated like they are family. It's the same thing. We have the best possible customers. We love caring for them, and we have pride in what we do. What kind of changes have you seen in Lisbon? Mudanças, muitas mudanças na cidade. Por causa do turismo, esta cidade tem muito turismo, não só a cidade, Portugal inteiro. 
tem, é muito visitado por, pelos turistas, que é um país maravilhoso, um país que gosta de, de receber e temos um país muito seguro, não há problemas de, de, de nada, de, de, de guerra nenhuma, mas é um país muito, 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 país simples e muito orgulhoso de receber e um país com muita segurança. Changes? Lots of changes in the city, because the city has lots of tourism, and not just this city, but all of Portugal. Portugal has become known to tourists as an incredible country, a country that is hospitable and safe. There are no problems, no wars. It's a simple country with pride in welcoming people and very safe. Are things becoming more difficult for people who are living here? Desde que começou a vir o turismo para Portugal, principalmente para as grandes cidades, Lisboa, Porto e outras cidades, o nível das casas aumentou muito. Muito. More difficult? A bit more difficult because the rents for apartments have climbed up a lot since the tourism boom, especially for big cities like Lisbon, Porto and other cities. And have you seen a change in the types of people who come to this restaurant? Changes? I have the same Portuguese clients as always. I love them all. And there's a lot of foreign customers. Lots of people from all over the world come here. You were on Zimmerman's show, right? Zimmerman was in my house. He was here. My place is mentioned in his show. It made us so happy. What are you most proud of? I take pride that our customers come here and that they keep coming back. I have pride in everything. Our guests who come here and then recommend people to come here, I have a lot of pride in everything that we do. We're here and we love being here. You make us feel like we are part of a big family. Why is this important to you?
It's very important because I like being with people. I like talking with people. I don't speak English, but somehow they understand what I'm saying, and I understand them. It's an enormous source of pride. I love what I do. I love it. I love talking with my guests. I love every single part, and that is why I'm here in this house. This is all I have. Thank you so very much. Oh, it was nothing. Wishing you good health and much happiness. And if anyone comes to Portugal, I welcome them to my house. Wow, so that was a really fun interview, and it's just so much so much fun hearing his voice, and it, it just brings you right back to his, his wonderful restaurant. Yeah. One thing we didn't talk about in the interview, which is really, I think, a, a trademark of Juan's place, is that he goes above and beyond to make sure that his guests are at home. Yeah, he when when we say above and beyond, he goes so far as to personally put bibs on every guest. It's amazing. I remember the first time he did that to us. I was just like, what is going on here? And yeah. then I looked around and everyone else had bibs on too. Right. Yeah. It was so great. Yeah, he definitely, uh, he, he makes it a, a personal experience, which is wonderful. So do you have a favorite meal there? Yeah, I'd say that my favorite food to eat there is called Nuvilu. And Nuvilu, as we mentioned in our, our previous episode, is generally translated as veal. Um, I believe it's not quite as young as what we would call veal in the United States. But it's a very uh, tender uh, beef dish that's very well marinated, very uh, thinly sliced, very well tenderized, and it's it's really delicious. Just simple grilled preparation, but really good. Uh, what's your favorite uh, thing to eat there? You know what? I don't know. I've enjoyed all of his meals. I mean, of course, I love every fish dish that I can get in Lisbon. I think he does this wonderful dordalda, which is um, a whole white fish that is really, really tasty. Um, the salmon there is good. Uh, one of our friends had his goat stew, which is also a house specialty, I think. Yes. João, as he mentioned in the interview, is from Minu. And he's very proud of his shanfana, which is a goat stew that is from the Minu region, which is the northernmost region in Portugal. And while I'm not adventurous enough to eat goat, as Tori mentions, one of our friends did. Yes. So all of this talk about food has made me thirsty. Me too. You're thirsty. I'm very thirsty. So we have a lot to talk about in terms of drinking in Lisbon. That we do, and we're just the people to do it. <laughs> so stay tuned for our next episodes where we will talk about what to drink in Lisbon and where to drink in Lisbon. So thank you so much for joining us. And be sure to visit our website, tolisbonwithlove.com, for all of our show notes. We'll list out all the places that we went to. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, where we'll post all the photos of all the wonderful meals that we've had in Lisbon. Maybe not all of them, because that would take up too much bandwidth. <laughs> That's true. A lot would. of them. <laughs> so we look forward to talking with you next time. Até já. Até logo. Até logo.
Thanks for listening to To Lisbon with Love with your hosts, Paul Barakiro and Tori Costa. For more information on all the places and things that we've mentioned in this episode, visit tolisbonwithlove.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, where we share photos of everything that the beautiful city of Lisbon has to offer. Unless otherwise noted, all music on To Lisbon With Love was recorded live at Duke de Rua, a wonderful fadu bar featuring live music five nights a week just steps up from the Rusiu in the heart of Lisbon. Visit our friends there and let them know that we sent you. Are you enjoying To Lisbon With Love? If so, please subscribe, rate us, and share with your friends. Is there something about Lisbon that you're dying to know about? Send an email to twolisbonwithlove at gmail.com and let us know. Obrigada. Obrigado. Obrigado.